Hi there, welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. This episode of Isometric is brought to you by Braintree and Squarespace, and we will tell you all about them later. For now, I am joined by Games Boss at Giant Space Cap, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bray? What's up? What's crackalacking, everybody? Did you, uh, did you, have you built your flamethrower yet? My flamethrower? No, no. It is, uh, it's sadly fallen to the D list of my, um, my life priorities after, um, shipping Rev 60 and doing my taxes this year. But we're, <laughs> we're going to get to it immediately after the Disney vacation and after our IPO and after everything else. We're going to get to it, Steve. Okay. So, so just trust me on that. Hey, Georgia, you know what I figured out today? What did you, what did you <laughs> buy? I was scared. Was great, segue, that- great segue. Great segue. This professional <laughs> podcasting. So your initials are GD, right? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> what I learned is you could just say the name Georgia Dow in place of any swear in the entire world. It just works perfectly. Like, hey, Frank, you're here with me today? Oh, hey. How are you doing? Georgia Dow, they blew it up. They blew it up. <laughs> on this. Frank, did you did you did you lock the the kitchen last oh, night? Oh, Georgia Dow, Georgia Dallas, Frank, come on, God, come Georgia on! Oh. I am so sick of these Georgia Dow snakes on this Georgia Dow plane. Yeah, <laughs> Georgia Dow plane. Yeah, <laughs> it just works perfectly. It does. It's just yeah. it just kind of flows off the tongue, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I suppose I suppose. I should introduce a psychotherapist and a senior editor from imore.com and uh, the original Captain Falcon, Georgia Dow. How you doing, Georgia? <laughs> Captain Falcon. Um, I'm good. I'm good. It's been a rough week. My dad's in the hospital, so oh, it has been. Yeah, 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 yeah. So was, I've it, been... was it for like a, a Wolverine, like, you know, coating his bones with adamantium? Like that, treatment? That's pretty much it. Like that's a Project X okay. type of thing? Yeah, yeah, you know, I can't talk about it really. Oh, is he okay? I mean, are you okay is emotionally? Okay? Yeah. Um, well, it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. He's, he's, oh. um, he broke his hip. So oh. it's really big surgery. And, uh, you know, so I've been going there like four hours a day helping him oh, walk. Georgia. It's been, it's been a heavy holiday. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one going through that kind of stuff uh, during this holiday time. But yeah, it's a hard thing on the entire family when someone's really down. I'm sorry, so. Georgia. That sounds super rough. Wow. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's thanks GD for doing isometric today. Yeah. yeah, it's Georgia Dow rough. <laughs> yes. Yes, that it is. That it is. But, I you just, know, you know, doing some Georgia Dow hip surgery, that just sounds like a Georgia Dow pain in the in the butt. The you it know? is. It's a pain yeah. in the yeah, hip. Pain in the hip yeah. is what pain it is. Yeah. Pain in the yeah. hip. Cool. Well, we'll keep the show short today yeah. so you can um, uh, give your emotional energies where they're most needed. Which will yeah. be sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you don't. You don't need. You don't need any sort of an emotional traumatic experience for that to be the case, though. That is true. The yeah. holidays are rough, no matter what. Yeah. So speaking of the holidays, I have to give our listeners the biggest thank you right now, and this this isn't like a joke. I'm I'm being totally serious here. So today I went and I looked at um, my bank account, and I got uh, basically a statement from Relay, and I am blown away by how many of our listeners on this show, um, you know, decided to go and support Relay with like the monthly sponsorship options. And something I said from the very beginning was I was going to um, put all of that money into a very dedicated account so I could help my husband fulfill his lifelong dream of driving a tank, 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 over two cars and through a house. Through a house. You could do that. There's an option where you can drive. You drive through a house, but there's also the option of pre-destroying the house with a sledgehammer. And then when you take it out, like everything that you can with a sledgehammer, then you take out the rest. With a tank. <laughs> with a tank. Tank, tank, tank. You should be yeah. using like an artillery like shell or something like that instead. Like the sledgehammer seems like manual labor. You're in a yeah. tank. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I think the sledgehammer seems kind of kind of fun. But I could do that. It's not myself. as dramatic though. Yeah, I could do that myself. 
I, I don't trust. Yeah, are you going to do Georgia do that to your house? Maybe you well, would. No, but if I, I wanted know. to, I yeah. could. I've got a spare house that we could do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't you? Pocket. I mean, everyone does. I got one in my pocket. Yeah. So, in all seriousness, um, what we're going thank to do, you. thank you. And we are like, if relay listeners and, you know, isometric listeners and rocket listeners, um, I, I've instructed, uh, you know, um, Stephen to put all of the money in one special account and we're all going to bank it there until Frank can go <gasps> to Minneapolis and drive <gasps> a tank. I can drive a tank. Awesome. You're going to drive a tank, 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 tank and shoot a machine gun. Blam, 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 blam. And that's going to be my blam, gift. Blam, blam. So, uh, I hope I hope more relay listeners will uh, help Frank's dream come true. Yeah. So. And just to be clear, it's Stephen Hackett, not me, because I can't be trusted with that kind right. of. Power. Well, right. Well, I knew when she said <laughs> Stephen. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah she she could have been very upset with me. That's right. true. Yeah. <laughs> So, Frank, what kind of tank are you looking forward but, to driving? Well, I mean, it's not just a, a tank. Well, there's many different kinds of tanks, but it's not just a tank. There's, like, an APC, which is an armored personnel carrier, and SPG, which is a self-propelled gun, and IFV, which is an infantry fighting vehicle, and uh, an MBT. MBT? What which is, is the main battle tank. MBT? Blam, blam, yeah, blam, yeah. blam, blam, blam. Yeah. So, <laughs> all that stuff sounds really... Really cool. All right, Frank. Well, we're going to make it happen. So, Yay! Yeah, that, that's probably it. the only time that acronyms have actually become fun. <laughs> <laughs> they do Frank, look, they look really cool. Thank you. And I, really, thank you, everyone that supports yeah, the show. Yeah, really. You know, it, like, it's really humbling. Yeah, it's very thoughtful. We do this every week, and... Um, it's it's nice to to have people actually support and absolutely and, yeah. you know very very thoughtful of you so yeah, thank you yeah thank you thank you so much yeah it's 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 awesome how do I they mean, how do they how do they support the show by the way what is, what is the process so if you go to relay.fm/isometric then you there are three buttons that are on underneath the show name and one will let you donate five dollars a month one will let you donate ten dollars a month and one will let you donate a hundred dollars a year and you can do that. Uh, there's one option to do it just for us, and there's also the all the great shows all the great shows option that will let you donate to the entire network, and it gets divvied up amongst all the hosts. But but you should press the one on our page instead us, of that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Screw <laughs> it's those all guys. about us, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, if you're listening to the show, then yeah. you support us, and that would be thoughtful of you. Yeah. So thank you. Well, I mean, it's like you know, the tech industry, like tech. Uh, generally does better with like sponsors, right? Uh, you know, for us, because we do video games, it's just a different ballpark. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. is, you know, kind of yeah. how we get paid for it. So yeah, that's yeah, true. Absolutely. So you guys want to talk about video games? Yeah. You want to talk about some Georgia Dow video games? Yeah, right we can talk about the Georgia Dow time that Steam had over, uh, over oh, Christmas. Oh, it's a Georgia Dow mess. <laughs> I kind of like this. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm perplexed about it. I don't really know how to feel about it. One way, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I can't really use that. It seems wrong. I can't. I think I can't. you should, and I oh, think you should absolutely. go out of your way to own it, and you should yeah. use it at every opportunity. Absolutely. And then when people are confused, just don't explain it to them. <laughs> it seems like I'll be like Elmo, like talking about myself in the third person. That's even better. Georgia Dow, what happened to the scene thing? Like, right? It's like. <laughs> Like, what's wrong with her? You're like I, Ricky Henderson, that, that sports player. Just <laughs> <laughs> get you talking about yourself in the third person constantly. Right, yeah. right, Go. right. Everyone just stares and walks away. Or just like, I am Georgia Dow, like I am Groot, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> One of the things that apparently is a trend now uh, over Christmas Day and Christmas Eve is that all of the big gaming networks get hacked. There was the big problem that that Xbox Live and uh, PSN had last year, and they had some more um, issues with that to some extent this year, but nobody seemed to get hit as hard as Steam did. And what was happening over Christmas Day is that there was about a 90-minute window where people were seeing uh, information for accounts that did not belong to them. Um, they were seeing uh, other people's addresses, their purchase history, some masked uh, information about their credit card, their email address. And um, this happened to a, a fair a few thousand visitors over the course of the of the day. And Steam finally came out like five days later on the 30th and explained that it was as a result of, of the DDoS attack that they were having these issues with things displaying um, the inappropriate information and that they're going through and 
trying to figure out how to keep that from happening again. And they, they pushed it onto their, um, their CDN that was showing the wrong cached information. It's, it's worth talking about, especially when we just had that conversation a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about how 77,000 accounts get hacked per month. When something like this happens, it's less of an individual incident and it's starting to make you wonder if this is a troubling trend. So, like, really, what, what, like, when these, like, I, I can't even do it. I was going to be like, when these Georgia Dow, like, things, I can't do it. It just sounds so wrong. It's like. I think we'll have you, we got you to do Dow Bungle. We'll have you doing this by the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, it sounds right. Give that. it a week. <laughs> We'll get you sold on it. We'll get you sold. So. Would it help if you said Georgia Dalabunga? Would that make it easier for you? No. No. Um, I don't know. No, that's, that's, no, that's, I, don't, no. I don't know about that. Anyway. Yeah. No, but what, what can you do as a person to keep, to protect all of your information? Because, you know, that's the thing is that, like, you know, Steam's had a, a livy of different things happening wrong with them getting hacked and opened and this and that and people's accounts having things, problems with them. But what can you do? What can I, as a person, a Steam user, do so that it lessens the chance? Well, I mean, something I do is whenever I can, even though I don't think PayPal is the best company in the entire world and they give to some causes that um, really bother me, um, you know, I I do try to use them on PlayStation, which has such an ample history of hacking, right? So, um, you know, I don't keep my main credit card on that account. Um, you know, other than that, I try to just not give my personal information wherever I can. But, you know, it's... It's, um, to me, what's really, really disturbing about this is you can go look on Christmas Day and you can see Kotaku and you can see like Stephen Totillo over there busting his butt on Christmas Day trying to hunt this down, write the story about it, and Steam putting out a very cursory statement and not addressing it in a meaningful way that really showed that they really got it. And what was most disturbing to me about this is they were just like, they initially came out and they're like, yeah, 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 as fast as we can tell, nobody's credit card uh, info was taken. As if women don't use this service and as if, like, your house and address being out there is not a big deal and it's just that it was very callous their their corporate communication i mean do you agree with that steve here's the thing right like these things happen like again this, this is like a sport to take down the psn every year and if they had just come out like that day or like the next day i don't remember what time of day this happened but they came out the next day and said look this is what happened it was because of the ddos account attack they're it just we were showing things that were intended to be routed to other people and no actual data was stolen. I mean, they could show some compassion for the fact that it might have been possible for you to see another user's um, account. But the, the likelihood of you seeing the account of a person who, you know, would be someone who you would use that against them might would probably be pretty low. But right. the fact that they waited like almost a week and it, it I, when as this was going on, there were news reports coming out like, still no news about what happened with Valve on Christmas Day. We're still waiting for them to say something. But the fact that they waited this long just shows that they they don't care about it and they don't really have to care. Or at least they feel like they don't have to care. Because, because any other company that had a breach like this that was freaking people out would have had to come out immediately. And, and I mean, you know that there, it's not that everybody's on vacation Christmas week. Cause you know that during the steam sale, there are people working, but right. even just to have like a, a curse, some sort of a preliminary statement saying, this is what we know. And we're, this is what we're doing to figure it out. But they didn't feel the need to do that because again, it doesn't seem like their, their traffic went down anymore. What are you going to do? Not use steam. That's, I don't know that, you know, that's a question that we could we could ask ourselves, but that's probably that seems to be the way that they approach this compared to how other similar companies have had to deal with very similar, um, very similar attacks. 
The level of, of, you know, they really were unapologetic, though. Like, they were a little bit apologetic, but they really weren't very apologetic. And that's what bothers me the most about their response, which is, in response to the specific attack, caching rules management by Steam, blah, 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 blah. Once this error was identified, the Steam store was shut down and a new caching configuration was deployed. And then they go on. We will continue to work with our web caching partner to identify affecting users and improve our process to set the rules. We apologize to everyone whose personal information was exposed for this error and for interrupting the store service. Like, meh, like, meh, you know, like it was, it was mild and, and kind of a meek apology, which makes me wonder if they understand the gravity of the situation that happened. Like there's kids that use the Steam store. They shouldn't be, but then there's teenagers and there's, you know, like it's, it's our safety. And I think that people are becoming exceptionally flippant about people's privacy because it happens. It shouldn't happen. If this used to happen in stores and there was a credit card breach, they would have to send out notes personalized to every person. They would have to change everyone's cards. There were like, you know, huge paper write-ups in the papers about how this could have happened and how we can stop it. And now it seems like this happens all the time. And people are becoming complacent to it. And I think that that is exceptionally dangerous for us as a society. I think that's well said, Georgia. I think it's it's about respect. It's about trust. And one of the, the really big issues is, you know, in the game industry, Steam pretty much has a monopoly on PC game sales. I mean, yeah. yes, you can buy games on you know the Mac App Store and good old games to a lesser extent. But let's be honest, when, you know, when we buy games, we aren't going to Origin. We're not going to good old games unless it's something like TIE Fighter. Generally speaking, we buy our games on Steam. So when you have a monopoly, that's a bad enough situation. And to to treat this in a manner that really struck me as a little bit callous, it's just another thing that really undermines my um, faith in using this service. Um, I I do want to take a step back, though, and say like caching and one-off problems in computer science – those are some of the hardest problems to solve and check against, like from just a pure theory point of view. So I have empathy for this. And, you know, certainly it's like you said, Steve, every single Christmas, it seems like somebody decides to spend their time, not with their family, but by hacking PSN or Steam or something like that. So I I understand that there's no such thing as bug-free software, but there are ways that make me feel respected and give me confidence in a platform form and there are ways that don't and this is very clearly the latter yeah and and i mean it's it's telling that you know xbox live and psn both had issues and this is the only one we're talking about because you know microsoft was using their their twitter customer support account and was tweeting updates and then they got it resolved by the the day after christmas and they let everybody know and that was the end of it and then but it's it's not even that Steam had the issue because, again, when they explain what it was, I have empathy for them, too. Those kinds of things happen. And if you're being, you know, attacked by malicious third parties, things are going to happen. And and that's understood. But it's not their responsibility to keep weird things from happening when a DDoS attack happens. It's their responsibility to communicate, look, we were attacked. It was an outside source. And this is what's happening and this is what we're doing to fix it. And when you let it go five days, when you have blog posts on, on a lot of the sites every day, like we're still waiting and customers who are worried that their their information might be at risk, that really shows a lack of respect towards the people who are giving you quite a bit of money. And yeah. it that's that's really the troubling part of this, not the actual hack itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's it. I think there's really not much more to say about it. Uh, Bad job, Steam. Uh, I hope you pick it up in 2016. It's a new year. Make a fresh start. That being said, so we can tell you before we move on that this episode of Isometric is brought to you by Braintree, which is code for easy online payments. If you are a mobile app developer, you should check out Braintree. They're the payment solution that are used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Munchery. And Braintree has made the payment experiences in those apps seamless and magical. And now you can add a similar experience to your app. They have excellent customer service and simple integrations, and they get you ready to receive payment quickly. And their continuous support plus plus fast payouts means that you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. And Braintree is also solving the problem of mobile card abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience. And now you can add that to your app as well. They give you a full-stack payment solution, 
They have support for every payment type your customer might want. Uh, PayPal, Bitcoin? Apple, Apple. They do do Bitcoin. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah, it. Pay, uh, PayPal, Apple Pay, Venmo, uh, credit cards, and more with a single integration. And it's with you across all platforms and with their superior pro- superior fraud protection and fantastic customer service and, and fast payouts, um, you should really go check them out. Uh, to learn more and to get your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, uh, go to BraintreePayments.com slash isometric. And thank you so much for Brain- to Braintree for their continued support of Isometric and all of Relay FM. I didn't know you're a fan of uh, – I didn't know you're a fan of cryptocurrency, Georgia Dow. I, I can't talk about that. You can't talk, you know, because one of the worries with cryptocurrencies, um, you know, with it being untraceable, it really circumvents a lot of the, the the protections in place to make sure, you know, like public officials aren't being bribed, you know, or, or doing illicit <laughs> drug deals. Like that's one of the main um, arguments against cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. Did you did you know that? Wait, wait a second. Send the Falcons to Bree's house. She knows. <laughs> You said the Georgia Dow Falcons. You're Georgia Dow, right? I know Georgia. Wait, I didn't. Dow. Mic- I thought I had muted the mic. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I was just joking. Oh, don't okay. worry. Leave oh, your windows I'll open. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, windows but- open. It's actually snowing in Boston. Is it? Is it snowing? Yeah. Yeah, well, it snowed a few oh, days ago. Oh, it snowed, ago. yeah. Yeah, there is snow. <laughs> There's snow. Snow exists, yeah. Yeah. It's not 70 degrees exists. anymore. Yeah, which is uh, weird. Before we move on, I just want to, one other thing that I just remembered that we should let people know. If you are really concerned about having your credit card information in uh, like PSN or, or Steam or any other service, you can generally buy gift cards from places like Amazon or you can even go, go to like Target or something like that and buy those and then put them into your account. So you can still you know, put money in without having your, your credit card. It's a little bit more inconvenient. But if you're worried about your credit card information, that's one way you can get around it. But it's sad we have to do those hack, hacks. You know? I mean, I know that that yeah. was a big thing back when, you know, you had people who were in multi- different um, regions who in the app store and they wanted to use like a, like a yeah. European app store account or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, if you're worried about – I did that for a long time with the PSM before I got my, my trust back after the big hack that they had a few years ago. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, worth, it's worth thinking about if you're worried about putting your money into Steam. So – Oculus has uh, come out and said that they are not going to be able to ship the Oculus Touch um, when they thought they were going – when they initially had announced they were going to. Um, they were hoping to make it for the Q116 launch of the Oculus Rift, and now they're saying that it's going to ship sometime during the second half of 2016 because they still need more time to improve the controllers. So, mm. Bree, is this – how big of a deal is this going to be for the Oculus, um, the Oculus launch? Well, you know, uh, I have to say, so, you know, I talked about this before, but when I was at uh, Oculus Connect this year, one of the most magical experiences I've ever had in my life, I really used that word magical carefully, was using, you know, the Oculus controller. Um, It was really awesome because you could see your hands like floating in front of your space, in, in front of your face, you could like wiggle your fingers and you would see it represented and you could pick up blocks and it felt so unbelievably natural and it felt made you feel very connected to the experience you know in contrast when i did um you did things like played um you know what's the libertarian game where you're in space and it's like spreadsheet the game it's uh oh dangerous no no uh oh dust 514 yeah eve online eve online like they had a fighter game they had a fighter game, and you know, uh, so you were controlling it with the controller, but it just felt like you were like this disembodied head floating through space. I mean, yeah. it was okay. it was cool um, for the kind of experiences I care about. I think that this is a really big blow to Oculus. Um, it makes me really wonder what else they, they, they need to work on. I think it's worth saying, and you know, I before I say this, I want to really stress my professional respect to the people I know at Oculus. But I also have to say, when I've talked to people on the interface team or asked questions um, about like what their thoughts are on UI for Oculus, like the state of the controller, like asking super technical questions, I have noticed a bit of um, 
I wouldn't say evasive, but it's not as specific as I would I would hope for. The information is not as specific when we're this close to launch. Kind of hand wavy. Yeah, a little hand wavy, and it made me go, hmm. So um, I could tell you, like, I will obviously continue to buy dev kits as they come out, um, but for like isometric listeners, um, I, I have to say, until that controller comes out or a haptic glove um, comes along oh, that you feel comfortable with. excited about a haptic glove. Yeah, it's going to be oh, awesome, though. I it's going to be awesome. That is it. I want two, though. So well, can you really can have to. Can I tell you? We're going to have, um, it looks like we're going to have experimental stuff in that vein at my company pretty soon to awesome. look at. Oh, I'll invite you, I'll invite you by. Yeah. Um, better. So have I talked about this? I, I sometimes can't remember if I talked about stuff on Isometric or Rocket, but have I talked to you all about the different uh, technologies that they're working on with haptic gloves? Because with some of them, it what it will do is it will um, – they're trying to simulate it in one of two ways. So one of them is uh, like an electropiezo motor, like the Taptic engine in the, um, you know, the Apple Watch uh, that kind of vibrates. Which way our hand is tilted? Well, no, that um, to kind of make you feel sensation, like in the toy box oh, demo yeah, for like Oculus. when you're force touching, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. when you touch it, it'll vibrate a bit. Yeah. Another interesting technology that they're doing is uh, very subtle inflatable uh, bladders inside of the glove, and I'm talking super subtle here, but like it kind of blowing up a little, so you feel that pushing into your your flesh to kind of give you a little bit of a, so say a that force I, feedback I on the wall, right. It could then I could actually feel that touch in the glove. Yeah, but it can do like resistance while you're not resistance, but it's um you know it's like uh, when you're playing a yeah just some feedback so it seems more real, which is you know to a point what the Oculus Touch uh, controller does. So you know my my point is I'm sure when this comes out, like you'll be able to plug it into an Xbox and you'll be able to float as a camera and have that experience. But for the really groundbreaking stuff, for the stuff that really, really, really matters in the long run, I just don't see any of that happening until we really get the controller technology right. It's it's yeah. kind of like the iPhone, right? Yeah. We had touchscreen technology in the 80s. It wasn't until we figured out the UI that made the touchscreen fun and intuitive to use, it really took off. And I, I believe that like this can be even more imperative uh, with Oculus Rift. So um, I think it's good they're taking time to get it right, but I think it, uh, you know, it certainly speaks badly for the experience we're going to have in Q1. Yeah, I, I was because when I saw this, I kind of didn't feel like it was that big of a deal only because I feel like for, for, you know, for someone like you as a developer, it's a big deal because you need to get your hands on this stuff as early as possible. I'm kind of feeling like unless something is really impressive, like this is not going to be the kind of thing that uh, most consumers are going to want to get in on like version 1.0 anyway. And like, there's going to be like leaps and bounds generationally once they finally get this stuff into consumers hands and like the second and third generation is when you're really going to see a lot of the really mind-blowing stuff and like the first generation is going to be for people who really want to try to play around with it but it's like trying to play games on your pc in like the late 80s early 90s where you're gonna be fighting with irq conflicts and stuff like that just to get the thing to run and if you're interested in tinkering with it and seeing what's going to come then that'll be that'll be great but for an actual like anybody to pick it up and really get it i feel like we're by the time that 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 we're there i think that though everything's going to kind of be in place anyway it's just a matter of when things are going to be you know released to the public at this point i, I don't know i think that you know if i'm going to spend the money and the people that are going to spend the money on oculus wants a really immersive different experience so the thought to me of visually being immersed into a a world and then i'm using an xbox controller where my, my, the movements of my hands don't really matter, I think it's just sad to me. Because really the reason that I like Oculus is the thought of being able, you know, to have the merging between the fun use of being able to really move with a Kinect or with the Wii and then being in um, a three-dimensional world that's really virtual. And so the merge between those two together is what is the kicker for me to Oculus. So lacking that... 
even if it would be a little buggy or a little bit off, which, you know, everyone will probably expect with first gen system of something that people have not done yet is sad to me. So I'm really, you know, hoping that they don't take too long to um, get it out there and ship it and debug it so that it's working because I really want to be able to use a lightsaber and I'm moving my arms like the lightsaber. If I can fight, I'm really fighting. That to me is really cool. If I can move my arm downwards to pick something up instead of just pressing X. Right. And that's the whole magic of it, right? I mean, that's the whole point. Come on, like think about us playing a fighting game together and we're all actually like standing up somewhere trying not to knock over most of the furniture. Like awesome. <laughs> I mean you laugh, but that's really it. It's yeah. like next gen stuff. I but mean, even think me, about like surgery games and other things, like how cool yeah. that would be. Ah, that would that is what I'm waiting for. Like it's my my one step closer to my a uh, holodeck. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is what it's going to be is, you know, we're not I believe the first generation holodeck isn't going to be, um, you know, it's not going to be force fields. You know, we're we're getting to the point. Really? Where we can really? Interface. Don't tell me I, that. I really? No. Oh, but no what's cool fields. is we we're starting to be able to <laughs> interface with like your optic nerve and figure out how to give input to the brain. So like all the stuff that we're doing right now, like if you take the 30,000 view but view in the air like this is as we're getting from where we are today to like neural interface with the brain and simulating these environments in your mind. And this is where UI and figuring out all this stuff really, really, really matters. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just um, I, I I don't know. Um, I, I guess it's worth saying, though, that. You know, there there are really two tiers of consumer uh, products that are coming out in 2016. The lower end version of it, the one that, you know, I have in my office that, you know, Steve, if you want to come over, you can play with yeah. sometime, is throwing a Samsung Galaxy phone in a Samsung Gear VR set, and you can play it. And there's some latency, and you can wire a Bluetooth controller into it, and it's fun and immersive. Oculus... It's like night and day, right? Like yeah. it's the yeah. difference in um, like uh, uh, my co-founder, Amanda, her daughter has like a, a kid's Kindle right, and an iPad Pro, right? Like one <laughs> is just functional. The other is like very low latency, super fast head tracking, all of that kind of stuff. And I'm I'm happy they're getting it right, but um, you know don't don't rush don't rush out to buy it until yeah. until they get this solved. I would say. But I mean, you will, I mean, ultimately, it's better that they're willing to delay it and make sure that they're getting it right than to rush something out that's half baked, right? Because it's very easy for especially for as long as we've been promised VR that if they put something out that's not a hundred percent thought through then it's very possible that something could end up being like, like say the connect, right? Where even the connect, the second gen connect by all accounts was a much better version of the connect than the first connect. But by the time the Xbox one came out, the, the narrative had already been there that the connect doesn't work. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Right. And it was a really great idea, but I don't want to have to be paying an extra hundred dollars just to have this in my Xbox because it doesn't do anything. So are you saying that it's better that they wait, make sure yeah. that it's really good so that people then don't just give up on the technology altogether and say yeah. it's not worth the cash? For a lot of normal consumers, I think that if this comes out and they're not sufficiently blown away, I don't think it's going to make it impossible for VR to catch on because I think it will inevitably. Yeah. But I think it could end up slowing adoption down a lot more than if they get it right the first time and if people get, you know, use it and are blown away the way that they were blown away the first time that they went into an Apple store and played with the iPhone, even with the problems that it had. Yeah. In versus to the the HoloLens, which when they, they showed their demonstration of it, you could tell it was had huge lag and it was immensely slow. Yeah. Like, really slow like you know you're playing with like you know dead zombies or something like Like you really there's a lot of latency and I I went and then the screen is really small I was like this is never you put this out and this is what you have as your perfected version of how the hololens will you be used if this is what the best that you can project would be this is going to be a huge disappointment to people and then you're like maybe you should wait you know 
yeah. wait another year and, and really work on it. I don't know if it. I agree with that, Georgia. I think, like, this is, um, there are so many unknowns with this particular product. We don't know how consumers are going to react. We don't, like... The HoloLens or the Oculus? I'm saying all of the entire market, you know, I'm saying the the point of like waiting until it's perfect to get it out there. I think I'm saying I'm not sure, not that you're wrong. Um, I think that there is definitely a point of like, get it right, get it right, get it right, then put it out there. I also think there's another view that is all of this stuff is going to be so iterative and we've got to get it out there. We've got to get consoles in whatever form into the hands of consumers so there's a base of people using this technology so we can get real-world data, so we can prove to investors there's a market to it, so we can grow this, so we can like figure out what people like and don't like and take it to the next level. And I, I see that tension a lot as I'm talking to my friends that are professionals in this field. So yeah. I, I really can see the, the merit of both sides. Yeah, yeah, I think that the difference between Oculus and, say, the way that they're marketing marketing the HoloLens, is that what they market the HoloLens to be able to do, it can't do yet. And so they keep on shortening the screen size and making it smaller and smaller, its viewing field. And so the difference in between the two is what you see on Oculus is actually what it can do. And what they have projected for the HoloLens is not what it has been able to do, and they keep on cutting it back. And so we end up with expectations that are never going to be able to be met And that's when you end up with people being exceptionally disappointed. And Microsoft, unfortunately, has often, um, you know, Project Nuance, they've they've often done that. They put out things and then what we actually get is a much lower leveled version. And because we'd expected that, that's what we're hoping for. And then people become let down versus with Oculus. People have already used it. We know what to expect. We understand the the difficulties already. And so what we're going to expect is going to be much closer to what the reality will be, and who knows, we might even be surprised. Yeah, I think that's well, that's said. well said. Yeah. I think that's well said. All right, so I think that's a good place to uh, to wrap that wrap that up here, and we can tell you that this episode of Isometric is also brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace. Can... Oh, thank you. That was awesome. You saved me. You pulled to do a that. Simone de Rochefort. That was fantastic. You wow. felt you you pulled a Georgia Dow Simone de Rochefort. That was awesome. <laughs> So you can start building your website today at squarespace.com and enter offer code isometric at checkout to get 10% off. And we've told you all about Squarespace. Um, If you're going to go and build a website and you don't want to start trying to figure out how to install stuff yourself, just go to Squarespace. They've got most of the work done for you. They they take away the pain of hosting your own website and you don't have to worry about where if you get stuck because they have 24-7 support with live chat and email. In New York, Dublin, and Portland, who can help you with anything that you get stuck with. Um, your site's going to look professionally designed, whether or not you can draw a straight line. And they can get you to, you can get your site to look however you want, and you can adjust the templates, do whatever you want. And if you do want to get into the code, you can do that too. They have dev tools, and you can go ahead and, and start tinkering with the, with the technology behind the scenes as well. Um, they have state-of-the-art uh, technology that has everything secure, everything super stable, no matter who links to you and how many visitors they send to you. Everything's got responsive design, so everything looks great. Even, even if you have an iPad Pro, it'll still look good. Um, you can use their commerce platform to build a store. You can have a cover page just to build a single-page website. And it, anything you can want to do, Squarespace is awesome. So if you go ahead and sign up for a year, you'll also get a free domain name. So you'll make sure you get your site called whatever you want it to be. And the plans start at just $8 a month. So what you should do is go over to squarespace.com, start a, cr- a trial with no credit card required, and start building your website today. And when you do decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code Isometric to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for this show. And thank you very much to Squarespace for their support of Isometric and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Squarespace! <laughs> That's some George Dow good singing. That is. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So before we go any further on the show today, yes. which, by the way, has been warp speed today because yeah. we are uh, we are all we barely are here. We are all warped. I, I am super hungover, guys. I am ridiculously hungover. <laughs> are you? That's Can so I tell cute. you about my crazy partying night Please. last night? Because this was, this was out of control. Okay, I got to tell you. So I went over to my co-founder's house, and I had maybe 
three ounces of wine. I had like half of a glass of wine and I was drunk as Georgia Dow coming home. <laughs> and you drunk. can look at my Twitter and it's just like wall of nonsense and like <laughs> like just a bunch of Jessica Jones. Do you, is tr- do you ever me. drunk tweet, Bree? Do you I, actually? I was Apparently. totally drunk tweeting <laughs> okay. last night. And I woke up today and after my crazy hedonistic night uh, three ounces of wine. I wake up this morning. I'm like, three <laughs> ounces of wine. Isn't that really oh, little? It, that's how little it takes to get okay. me smashed these days. <laughs> it would probably take less. It to wasn't knock like me our over. day at sake, having sake at the um, hibachi grill. Oh, I was grill. super hungover then too. Yeah. <laughs> No, pictures from that. It, oh God, I was so drunk. It's <laughs> like the only other time because I have alcohol maybe once a year, maybe twice if I'm going really, really bananas. But uh, yeah, so that's why today's episode is super short because I am hungover like a mofo, yeah. and I'm just tired because my kids made me stay up all the way to midnight, and I couldn't oh. even use the Netflix trick to uh, oh, tell them that the baby. ball was dropping at, like, 7 o'clock, so... Oh, oh it's So I was up from 5 a.m. to midnight, and, uh, yeah, so... That'll do it. That'll Yay. do it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, in lieu of having a full uh, Game of the Year extravaganza that, like, we did last year, um, and, and because Bree's hungover and, and George We may do it in a, a future episode. Yeah, yeah we, we can still, still do it. it. Like, but, no one cares, yeah. right? Yeah, we can right. do it whenever. We can yeah. do it in, you know, March. Nobody will care. I make oh, my fair. own rules. <laughs> George you make Dow. your own Georgia Dow rules. That's right. <laughs> so, but at, in lieu of what we're playing this week, I think it would be good for us to kind of talk about what each of our personal games of the year are, which, you know, for whatever reason, it doesn't have to be based on any criteria or anything. Just what is, what is your favorite game of 2015? What is a game that somebody should play if they have missed it? Mm. Okay. So, okay, I'll do uh, it. I'll do uh, it. Okay, you want to go first? Georgia? I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. So, um, Ori in the Blind Forest is an amazing, amazing game. The graphics are stunning. They're beautiful. The story is in depth, touching. I cried at the ending, and I, I know I'll cry at a cat commercial, but <laughs> I it was it was really really heartfelt and touching. Um, the game, it's really a difficult game. It's a beautiful, beautiful game, but it's quite hard. Um, so if you like side-scrollers, it is similar to, say, a Metroid-like game. Um, and the music is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. My little one's been playing all of the songs on the piano. He really? loves it. It's Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. He, he has a strange ear for music, and now he plays them all the time. <laughs> Um, it's a great game if you're looking for a game to play and enjoy, and it's fun. It is stressful on some certain, you know, places, but it's enjoyment and scary in some places, like, you know, the owls coming to get you, like, you're feeling a great deal of fear. So it has a little bit for everyone, young and old, can play it, and uh, it's a game that I would highly recommend. And then the other game that I'm playing that you probably shouldn't play but this year was uh, Candy Crush Soda. I still play the game. I know it's horrible, um, but I do. It's not horrible. You it's, don't have to just. It's a. It's a. It's. It's a good game. It's a good game, but it, once it grasps you, it it kind of grasps you. Um, and I have a couple of other games that I've just started playing, but I'll talk about them next week. Ori and the Blind Forest was on my short list too because I I thought that game was beautiful. And, yeah. And and it touched me in a way that very few other games that I've played is, have touched me and made me feel feelings. Right. And... Did you cry at the ending? I well, I don't generally cry at any sort of media. I'm You're heartless, kind of, Steve. You're heartless. Yeah, I am pretty much. Heartless. But I, I was very emotional, as emotional as I get about something like that at the end of it. And it was... It was I was really happy that I finished it. And, and I think that's the only problem with it is that it's so difficult in places yeah like i was on the pixel Kim podcast a few weeks ago when we were talking about this and nicole tanner who is not you know a slouch when it comes to gaming skills told me that she she couldn't finish it and she hasn't been able to to you know experience the ending because she hasn't been able to finish it because some of those escape sequences just it's the one place where the mechanic where you can put a save point anywhere is i think one of the best parts about the game and it's something yes. that i I wish that other, I hope that other games will learn from that 
because all you have to do is have a certain amount of energy that you yeah. collect over time. You can put a save point anywhere as a checkpoint. But Which the is prob- really nice. It is really except nice, except for- in those three sections exactly. where it doesn't let you do that. And those are the most difficult sections of the game. And I think that that keeps a lot of people from being able to finish it. But I, I that was probably my favorite. My it's not the game that I'm going to pick just because you picked that. But that was <laughs> I'm probably sorry, Steve. that's okay. <laughs> but it was it was easily one of the, one of my most favorite games that I played this year too. Easily. Yeah, Georgia. Something about you. Yeah, I'm not being funny right here. Something <laughs> about about you, you. Your psychology is when you discuss games, you often talk about this quality of like it not being stressful as though it's a good thing. And I'm not saying it's wrong. It, it's just so weird to me. Well, because, it's stressful. But when right. it's, it, it is actually stressful, like it's a stressful game. It's hard. There's yeah, scary, scary stressful. places. Um, but maybe I should use the word frustrating instead. Yeah. Okay. It's a game yeah. that is hard. It's not an easy game. And this is not a game that your kids are going to be able to really get through. They're going to need your right. help yeah. in order to make it through it. Um, it's not, um, you know, as, as scary as a game of like Alien Isolation. It's not really scary. It's more creepy than, than scary, I it's, would say. Um, yeah. So it's, it's not frustrating. It's, it is, I guess. I use stress in a different way because for me stress is trauma because I, I'm an anxiety and specialist. So um, I would use that differently than for other things. So because you're having so much fun while you're playing it, the stress is like that good stress. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 hard for me. I don't know. Maybe it's because sometimes you use that word, and especially in you know lieu of like horror games, and it's like <laughs> I understand like Alien Isolation, like a consumer yeah. looking at that and saying this is a stressful experience. I just don't. It is want a to play traumatic it. experience. I played that game yeah. this week too. Traumatic, right? Exactly. <laughs> but from a game design point of view. Um, you know, making people feel stress or or having stakes if you right. fail, right? Like that's right. a necessary part of game design. And from actually, purely, you're right. Brie. Yeah, games yeah. they should have that. It should matter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 I think there's yeah, definitely a line between stress and Trauma. feeling <laughs> tension and feeling stakes to frustration at the mechanics. Yeah. Well, I what I mean yeah. by it is that you don't go through that feeling of learned helplessness. That yeah. there's well, you might. It's there's some places that are really really hard. Yeah. But you can understand how to get through it, and that's really important for game design. Is you want it to be between that twenty and forty percent harder than what the person's skill level is, and. A good game will train you up to those levels. There'll be always places where you really have to practice and go through it and gain that skill level. But if that goes, if the level of difficulty goes up faster than someone's learning curve, that's when you have a problem with games. And um, it's only the people that are the most invested that will stick to it. And so learning to have a proper difficulty setting or to be able to have a variable difficulty setting is really important in game design to make people be able to feel competent throughout the gaming experience, even if they're having difficulty. I agree with that. There's a there's a philosophy I see with some game designers. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, our tendency, mostly because of our hiring practices, which are so overwhelmingly towards, you know, like hardcore gamer dudes, mm-hmm. there's a real tendency in our industry to want to solve like difficulty challenges with like a technical fix. Like I see a lot of people talking about like auto difficulty or like you even see this with games like Candy Crush, which will automatically like they'll collate your data and artificially raise and lower the, the, the difficulty. So you'll be giving the most IAP. Um, I think that there is some value in, putting very specific steps in there, right? Like, we certainly looked at that with Rev60, but, like, saying, this is easy, this is hard, this is, you know, I think that's just, um, I, I think it can go both ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I think with that game, and, I'll, and then we can move on, but I think with that game, I think it's more that even less of a difficulty level and more of just, like, a way to tap out when there's, like, a section that you're that you're really stuck on the way that the Mario games will sometimes do. Well, they'll give you like the P wing, like you can get through, you've tried this, this area enough times, like you can just pass it. Cause I think that the problem with that game is that the difficulty does ramp up in a reasonable way. But the problem is that your starting level needs to be high enough that if it's not there, then it's very, I've heard from a lot of people that they can't finish this game. And I think it, that's, it's a game that's that you have to know that you have yeah. to have that hand eye coordination of that fast ability to be able to know when to tap, when to hold, 
when to jump and how to use the various different skills that you have, which is really difficult because a lot of, you know, like they give you, you know, you learn a new skill and then you're supposed to practice using it for a while. Yeah. If you didn't and you kind of just move through that, then you can really get stuck in certain places. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's all sad. Yeah. So Bree, what's yours? You know, it's it's hard for me to really pick one. I, I go through this every year. Um, I guess, yeah, I was thinking about the subject. I had a question for you, Georgia. Um, you know, I have honestly had a lot of trouble really getting into games lately. Like over over Christmas, I very typically will spend the entire time just like getting completely addicted to a game and you know really like uh last christmas i played through the entire mass effect trilogy because this is like time to myself and i really want to just veg out on the couch and and you know rejuvenate myself for a year um i've really really had a hard time getting super into games at the end of the year and i don't know if it's a I don't know if it's just I feel burnt out because there's not that much innovation these days. I, I don't know why it is. My The way I got around it, though, is I, I booted up my Super Nintendo nice. and I started working on Final Fantasy V. Nice. Which, you know, it was just kind of getting past this hyper-realistic, super-nuanced, like, you know, it was yeah. just a simpler kind of game, and yeah. it kind of got my my creative, my my love for it going a little bit more. I, I um, think that yeah. the reason that, that a lot of people go through that is that, so if you're already feeling really burnt out, you've gone through a lot, um, games that take, so our brains process about 200 bytes of information a second, somewhere around that. That's what they state. Huh. I don't know how they figured it out, but let's just go with that. Conversations in and of itself take 60. So a game that has a lot of graphics, a lot of different things that you have to remember, a lot of different buttons that you must press, unless you are good at this games, and this is implicit knowledge to you, will take much more energy, much more of your mind's energy, and instead of that that feeling that you want, which is decompressing and relaxing and being able to just enjoy the experience, it's now taxing you at a greater level than what you might find that you need. And so I, similarly to you, and I think, Steve, you talked about that as well. If I'm really yeah. feeling like, you know, roughed up from the world, I'll go back to a game that I used to play and have those happy thoughts with, a game that I enjoyed, that I understand, that I have the groove to, and that will be... Um, mindless enough yet enjoyable enough to be able for me to recharge on it. It's the same reason that I'll go home at the end of a long shift of working and I'll watch some sort of like, you know, TV candy, like something trashy and I don't have to worry and I can just laugh without having to think or problem solve or pay a lot of attention to it. And I find that that's also refreshing to me. And so oh. that's what I would assume is that the game is taking up more energy from your brain and thinking uses up energy our brains are about five percent of our body mass but they use up 20 percent of our energy and so mental stress and working is exhausting to us we really are burning through and if you're stressed out if you're going through anxiety to that let's then add that to 30 percent of your energy that you're using just by thinking through things or worrying or stressing to that. So you're running like a racehorse in your mind and using a lot, lot of resources. And that's why certain games are good for um, certain situations. Huh. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. Yeah, because I had I had a, you know, it's funny that you say that because I had a, like, it's, maybe two months ago, I had one day where I was just completely burnt out and, and like a wreck. And I came home and I couldn't, like really focus on anything and then i just sat down and decided to start playing mega man 2 and played through mega man 2 start to finish right. in a single sitting right and that was not stressful to me at all that actually relieved a lot of stress even though that should be a very stressful game but you know so, why else that does that yeah. which i'm, I'm just going to bring in because i didn't bring it up before and i think it's really important when we talk about stress relief is that it stops your brain from perseverating Right, like those thoughts of fixing this, doing that, solving this problem. It's exhausting to us. Yeah. yeah, and then going back to a game that you know that you get that you have to pay attention to, but it's more of a passive attention. Like you can't worry and play Mega Man and do well at it. Yeah, um, yeah. And so the same thing for you, probably Brian, like Peggle. Like you can play it. You, it's so intuitive to you. It's still fun, 
but it's going to stop your brain from running through those cycling thoughts, which are exhausting to us and increase our stress levels. And if you get enough cycling thoughts, that's when you're going to have like an anxiety attack, which is massively unpleasant if you've ever had one. And so distraction techniques such as, you know, a game that you really love work really well to relieve that. And so for you, Steve, also having a rough day and being able to do that will stop that, which is really, really important. See, Mega Man is therapy. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, so. <laughs> so, Brie, you didn't actually, though, yeah. say a game. You, yeah. Yeah. you said all that, well, but there was no game. What yeah. is your well, favorite I was, game? I was just saying that because it was yeah. like the end of the year. I got yeah. ridiculously addicted to Valkyria Chronicles at the uh, end of the year. I've been mm-hmm. playing that re- just a ridiculous amount. Um, so it's like, what's what's up there? Um, I finally beat Ultra Despair Girls, uh, Rumpa, the alternate episode. Um, and I, I'll have more to say about that. Maybe we can table that for next yeah. week. Um, that game is a real misstep for the series. Um, so that's definitely not it. Rise of the Tomb Raider is really, really, really good. Um, I need to play through it a few more times to understand how I really feel about it. It's like the the mechanic of it is is it's a mechanically better game. The story is worse. Yeah, like like I want you to tell me your game that gave you the best feels. Like even if it's not the best game, which game gave <laughs> you the feels? Like, Breathe the what feels. Gave me the feels. The feels. Which oh. game are you like? Yeah. What what game did you just like? Not even technically. Like yeah. we can talk about that another like time. A but just like game, but you were like yeah. Yeah. What game did you just enjoy playing the most? I guess maybe Until Dawn would be it, uh-huh. just because it was such a fresh experience. It was, um, you know, Until Dawn is a Revolution 60 type game. Yeah, you're doing uh, quick time events and participating in a very uh, heavily animated story. It was, it was really, really intense. Um, I think. You know, from yeah. Laura Croft and, and replaying that because I talked so much to the team about it. Like, that was a really cool feeling, too. So, yeah. I don't know. I think um, we'll probably end up doing a Game of the Year show okay. and, you know, talk about, like, our disappointments and stuff. But um, I'll try I it think, out until dawn yeah, for then because that's, that's on my list. Do you have a PS4 now? No. Well, 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 well you know, no, don't worry. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you figure it out. You drive to Best Buy and buy a PS4. That's yeah. Come on, Georgia. Can we can we seriously someone. put your relay? Like, <laughs> I know. Because I've got my I'm actually, I am in Steven right now. I know you've I got the money Oculus. to go buy well, your Oculus right isn't now. coming out for another. You're not even going to have yeah. the Oculus Touch for another nine months. You can buy like, this now. What is your resistance to getting Wii I don't understand it. Uh, the only the only game that I would really want is um, Splatoon. And for me, one game, like I have like a million gaming systems. And to justify one game that I want to spend that much money on, I'm like, eh, you have to, there, I need to have more. And it's funny. It's not that I couldn't. It's just, I'm like, it's not. It it just feels wrong to me. You, I need more. I need more candy on the gaming system before I'm. We, we need to get your kids in front of Super that. Mario Maker. It's for us having a sense of camaraderie with you every week. <laughs> no, you I'm really saying this. You mean you're not gonna love this. me? Is it's... this like peer pressure? You're not gonna yes. love me unless I get it, my Wii U. Yeah, we're not gonna love that. you unless you're buying the right stuff, Georgia. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no it's, I know. it's not like that. Yeah. It's like you know, I. I buy most games that come out. And for me, because of my profession, it's a tax deduction. And it it is a legitimate thing because I write and speak about games professionally all the time. But part of it is like, Georgia, we want to be able to be able to talk about experiences of new games with you and like share that joy with you every week on the show. And I think, I think that's where I'm coming from with Or, or even it's something like, simple, like being able to play a round of rocket league together. Yeah, exactly. That would be so, fun. Maybe that not necessarily the Wii U, but you know, one yeah, of the yeah, other any of the systems. Let's, let's I, see what the new systems come out. We will be purchasing. I just have to say right. what the new systems will come out okay. with and uh, we will pick them up. Yeah. All right. Okay. You sound exactly like my mom did when I tried to push her into buying these. Like, we'll see. We'll see what happens next year. Yeah. All right, mom. Thanks a lot. Steve, did you did you even say one? No, because you stole mine. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. that's okay. I, well, that, that's, that's okay, okay because you I was actually still... I was actually going You're back. You're gonna and say forth. Hearthstone, anyways? No, I'm not gonna say Hearthstone. I promise. Really? Yeah. Which game gives you the best? Because Hearthstone didn't come out this year. Okay, so, fair enough, fair enough. So, I, I, Brie, have you played Ori? 
Uh, I'm not. I don't even know what system okay, it's I'm on. Gonna play, to be I'm gonna it's, play, it's on the I'm Xbox. Xbox uh, 360 or the 360 or the Xbox or the One? Xbox One. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I'll check it out. Yeah, okay. I think it's on sale for like 10 bucks right now. Oh, pff, great. Yeah, because <laughs> um, I know you care about the sales. But um, <laughs> so I, I was back and forth between or with Ori, and I'm like, okay, well, that might be it. And then the other one that I was thinking about is Splatoon. And so since Georgia made my decision for me. <laughs> Um, but I, I really like the reason that I was waffling about Ori is just because of the accessibility factor that it's a game that I would recommend, but I can't unequivocally recommend it to anybody because it's it, because it is difficult and it requires a significant amount of skill to really be able to experience it to the fullest. Whereas Splatoon is the opposite of that. And I think I was actually talking about this. Uh, Maureen's friend is is over, and she's a professor, and she's done some. She's taught some courses on video games in the past, and and we were talking about it, and she said, "Really, why Splatoon?" And I and I thought about it for a minute, and the reason I think Splatoon is worthy of that, both because it's a blast, and it's it's a lot, a lot, a lot of fun, and it's fun for me, and it's fun for for anyone that I've seen play it has had just a blast with it in a way that most people feel turned off from games in that genre, they feel drawn to this game. And it really just kind of, it's the first real significant innovation in the first person shooter genre, maybe since Half-Life hmm. where they actually took something that was really starting to feel stale and they, they changed it around enough that even though the mechanics are very similar, it's a completely different game and it feels very different and it welcomes in a completely different group of people. Hmm. And it's a game that I can say to anybody, what am I – I'm getting a Wii U. What do I buy? Splatoon. No question. Absolutely. Go get it. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your skill level is. You will play this game and you will have a blast with it. And, I mean, it's got some problems that are Nintendo. It, I would love it if it had local co-op or, or even that if I could just use the Pro Controller with it. But I – have it's they've done such a good job with the design of that game in taking a genre that was for a very specific group of people i mean a large group of people that play games and make it for everybody and change the game so significantly and still make it so much fun that i i feel like that is the best game that that i have played this year I, I would definitely it. agree with that. Yeah. I think for me, my one reason I'm not naming Splatoon, and I think for a game design standpoint, it is the best game that came out this year. I think, though, that as far as replayability over large periods of time, there's just a certain point where logging on and doing two maps at a time for 30 minutes and then going to you know three two more maps yeah. and doing that and then leveling up guns there's just a point that you hit where it feels a little repetitive to me yeah, and sure. i think it's it's a stellar game and you know for everything you said it's is why it really i i think the sequel is going to be the game of the year yeah um, but it's it's certainly a very defensible choice, and it's it's almost like the antidote to everything our industry that we're doing that's wrong. Yeah. Um, I just think um, there there are games I go back to and keep replaying, and that isn't one of them for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think that. Well, I, I won't ask you. We, I was going to ask you for for a second if you played it, Georgia, and then I realized that was a bad. <laughs> idea. But that uh, is funny. <laughs> Even then, I mean, I do have I, – I don't I don't play it on a regular basis either anymore. But, I mean, even – my kids still play it every so often and they still enjoy it. And they've done a really good job of trying to keep it fresh as best they can by – they're still – they're just coming to the end of the new the new maps and the new weapons that they're adding for free to the game, which is a pretty significant amount of support, especially for Nintendo, who is not – known for this sort of thing so I, i'm also happy with it in a way that it demonstrates that nintendo is starting to get what it what is necessary to make video games in the in 2015 2016 so I, that's not really part of the consideration but i think that that's a very positive thing for them also is that they for so long nintendo was just 
Nintendo's going to Nintendo and we're, they're just going to put out whatever they want and everyone else will either play it or not. And I think that they're finally starting to pay attention to the rest of the industry and start to incorporate things that are expected in, in this day and age, which is also really good. Right. Yeah. Well said. All right. Um, so I think that's going to do it. Uh, do either of you have anything that you want to, you want to plug before we, uh, before we let these people go? I'm super hungover. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna second Bree's uh Bree is being hungover. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh so in that case, uh then you can find the show notes for this show and every show at relay.fm slash isometric or isometricshow.com. And that is also where you can go and uh click the membership button to support the show if you want to support the show directly. Please and do that. Uh, that's so awesome. Yep, help Yay. help Georgia buy Frank her a tank. Help help <laughs> buy Frank Frank his Frank his tank and help buy Georgia her console. Oculus. Yeah. Rating and reviewing the show on iTunes if you haven't done it um yet, and we haven't gotten a review in a while, but if you have if you are so inclined, it does help us out a lot, it helps new people find the show. Um if you have any feedback that you want to send us, um you can send us email to feedback at isometricshow.com. And uh we are as always part of the Amazing Relay FM network. Uh you can just uh, make the headline of the event email like George Dallet isometric workers <laughs> yeah. like like just just like yes please if you're angry at us use the phrase Georgia Dow very liberally yes and in fact in just in in general in public please start doing that we want to make that a thing so do that and. Uh, so you can find uh, Bree's other Bree's other technology show Rocket, and you can also download the Relay FM app if you want to listen to us streaming. When we are streaming, you will Leave get a notification. Us. You'll get a notification when we are live, and you can listen to us on that. And you can follow all of us on Twitter. The show's account is at Isometric Show. I am at Wicked Good, and Bree, where can people find you? Oh, I am on the Twitter machine. Space Cat Guy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm super hungover. <laughs> are you? Uh, really <laughs> and georgia where can people find you uh if you're dealing with anxiety or sleep issues anxiety-videos.com and on twitter it's at george underscore dow so uh thank you as always for listening thank you to braintree and squarespace for sponsoring this episode and isometric workers transform and roll out <laughs> <laughs>